Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back for the second part of Know Your Enemy. My name is Michael Beck, joined by Jeffrey Benedict and Matt Wood of Dogs by Nature. Jeffrey, as we get in this matchup here, uh, one of the things that was super apparent on film uh, was the Browns uh, having more of a, a heavier personnel in the game and then splitting them on out wide, uh, five wide, and putting guys like Alex Highsmith on Jarvis Landry. That, that's a huge mismatch, of course. It, it's something the Steelers have struggled with all year long and, and for years now, having those terrible matchups. But uh, what are the Steelers got to do to try to keep themselves out of s- situations like that? Or are they just kind of screwed into playing defenses where guys like I Smith lined up to Jarvis Landry? I'm going to... I'm going to go with that not being that big of a problem. I, I may surprise people here. Uh, Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt both have a better quarterback rating against, if you look at the targets and everything against them, uh, they do better. They have a better passer rating against than Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Bud Dupree is not far behind. And to combined, uh, they're, they're, the numbers are incredible. Their coverage numbers are fantastic. And really, Alex Highsmith on uh, Jarvis Landry was a was a great example of why they do that. When you when you take them out wide, you have to put linebackers in coverage. And w- what the Browns and most teams do is they put their even the Steelers when they put James Connor and they rotate him outside. They're not putting him in the slot. They put him all the way outside because they're like, if you want to put a running back, if you want to put your linebackers way outside where they have no clue what they're doing, no linebackers prepared to play outside cornerback. That's fine. We'll attack that. That's like. Teams are like, you, we can go with that. We'll deal with that. That's great for us. What the Steelers do is they put their linebackers in the slot, which usually puts them against a really good cornerback. But they do that because now you behind them, like in, especially with that Jarvis Landry, Alex Highsmith, behind Alex Highsmith was Minka Fitzpatrick. So yeah, Jarvis Landy, Landry, you have a mismatch there. But if you go deeper than like eight yards, you're getting bracketed by Minka Fitzpatrick and Alex Highsmith underneath. So the linebackers know, I don't have to like keep this guy in front of me. I can play the underneath stuff, funnel him to the middle. You'll often see him take a hard outsider and hard inside leverage just to play one, like take that one side of the field and say, if you beat me deep, that's fine because then your quarterback's throwing at Minka Fitzpatrick. And, and like no one wants to do that. And when they do, you know, it's like, hey, we'll, we'll take a – interception return for a touchdown to start the game that's great go ahead throw deep on Alex Highsmith uh so that's not a problem as far as I see it I I think that's actually something the Steelers have done really well at defending and helping those guys do those matchups and it helps everyone else too if you take the best receiver on the other team and you're like we're gonna cover him with our outside linebacker and we're still gonna win that matchup that means all your other defensive backs they, they've got easier assignments. Everyone's got a slightly easier assignment. They may have to carry that one-on-one, uh, but that's a slightly easier assignment for everybody else. Really good really good work by the Steelers' defense. It just often you see, uh, like Jarvis Landry caught one there where they ran a rub route. They ran a tight end right into Alex Highsmith, and, and he's a linebacker. Like the cornerbacks that struggle with those routes, a linebacker is going to really fail, especially when it's Jarvis Landry executing it. Uh, and he's He's just phenomenal. At those, especially at the rub routes. Jarvis Landry, Landry is just incredible on those. Uh, so it, I don't I don't see that as a big problem. Uh, a bigger problem is going to be who's playing the other outside cornerback spot. Uh, if the if the Browns spread the field a bit more and we have to go nickel or we go dime, uh, Justin Lane has, he struggled. 
And there were some miscommunications with him that led to some big third down conversions. And then, you know, Sean Davis didn't play well. So I'm interested. In, that's that's really a bigger weakness even than getting linebackers out in coverage, in my opinion. Right. Now, obviously, the, the guy that's dishing the ball out, Baker Mayfield, uh, first playoff start, Matt. Is he ready for this moment, or is there some worry that he might have one of his multi-turnover type games? You never know. <laughs> That's what makes Baker so much fun, man. It, it, you never know. Um, if if bad Baker shows up, it's not good. It's not good. Um, if good Baker shows up, and I, I mean this, when Baker's on, that dude can play with anybody in the NFL. And I mean all the way up to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you got to remember, there's you know two times this year Baker Mayfield has thrown for four touchdowns and a half, and that was against Cincinnati and against Tennessee. Now, not great defenses, but when when he is on, he is just lights out. Uh, I mean, he has all the arm talent in the world. And the, the the best thing about Baker, and this is coming from a guy who has watched numerous numerous guys come in there and fail in that position is he honestly just doesn't give a damn sometimes. And you need, we, the Browns needed somebody like that to say, well, no one can win in Cleveland. Well, I can, you know, and well, no one can win with that ownership. I can, and you needed some of that bravado that Baker obviously has. It goes back to the Oklahoma days, whether or not it's grabbing the crotch and all that stuff. You got to remember, this is a guy who was a walk on at Texas tech. You know, and he, he he played well and lost his job and said, all right, I'm going to go to your rival and went up, won a Heisman, became the number one pick. Uh, so all this stuff about not having your coach and the COVID stuff, it, most guys you would be like, yeah, you know, chances are it's just not there. But he, with Baker, you just don't know. He, he definitely does have that Brett Favre streak in him of – you know, if he's hot, you know, Katie bar the door. It doesn't matter if he's down Odell Beckham. It doesn't matter if the O-line falls apart a little bit. You know, it, it's it's if he's on, he's on. And uh, but when it comes down to it, is he is he as scared of the moment or anything? I don't think so. Um, but if you can rattle him with pressure, that's the biggest way to kind of get to him. And if you get Baker Mayfield off his spot and kind of get him seeing ghosts, he really got screwed up by last year. Uh, the Browns' offensive line was borderline what you kind of saw happen to Cincinnati and Joe Burrow this year. And it, it really did affect him. Even into the early part of this season, you could tell when things would start to go wrong with him, especially up right in front of him, he would panic a little bit. As the year went on, he got a lot better. And as the year went on, he got a lot better. So I, I think that's it. If you can pressure him early on a game and kind of get him rattled a little bit, that that's your best shot. But if he gets comfortable, you, you don't know. And that that's the, as a Browns fan, I love it, especially when he starts talking trash a little bit and starts jumping around because that team follows his lead. I mean, he's like a Hugh Jackson was famous for it, saying it on um, what was it uh, the HBO show, a uh, Hard Knocks. He's like the Pied Piper. And he really is. That team will follow him. And like I said, I'm hoping he gets hot early because if he is, we're in for a good one. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about uh, Steeler fans watching uh, Ben Roethlisberger, especially in his younger days, just kind of be a a gunslinger. So I think think we can all appreciate uh, 
not really knowing what you're going to get from your quarterback. And I guess we kind of get that from Ben, uh, especially these days now on the backswing of his career. But uh, Jeffrey, the Steelers weren't able to force Baker Mayfield into making any turnovers last week, week 17. And that that's really what ended up being the difference in the game. What do they got to do this week to try to uh, get the ball uh, into their hands instead of uh, the pack of the end zone? Got to get that pressure. Uh, especially up the middle. Like, like if you Steelers are doing a great job with containing quarterbacks, uh, it's not as good as it was when Bud Dupree was in there. Uh, it's one thing I, I don't, I, I'm trying not to plug it early, but my, uh, my, my film room tomorrow is about Alex Highsmith's game there. Uh, and one of the things he does is he does a great job getting in there, disrupting the quarterback's pocket. What he doesn't do a great job is of containment. Uh, we saw twice Baker Mayfield get out of the pocket and run and, and do something with the ball that was good. Uh, but that's a big key is just get that pressure up the middle. And and it's almost the same key like he was like he was saying for uh, Baker and what you're, you were saying about Ben. It's the same thing. When Ben Roethlisberger has confidence in the offensive line in front of him and they're not getting people in his face, they're not getting people at his legs, they're not you know getting that noise around him, he does great. That's what we saw against the Colts is that pocket was holding, even against DeForest Buckner, uh, and and he started holding the ball that half a second longer. You saw him break out of the pocket, run and find somebody on the fly. Like When was the last time we saw that? It's not been very often this year, but that's vintage Ben. That's when he's at his best. If this week they can get in his face, he starts throwing. He starts throwing those one half second. Like, I get a second and a half and I'm throwing. He starts doing that. You know, I'm I'm gonna set the pocket ten yards deep and let Miles Garrett just run in a straight line right at me. That's terrible. When he does that, the, the whole offense falls apart. When he starts, you know, trying that, and he also just starts looking at one read. He takes his first read, like he does his pre-snap read, and just goes with whatever he saw there. He's not changing receivers. He'll throw into coverage because he doesn't trust what's in front of him, and he's not the quarterback he was in the past. He he will not take those hits. When he does take hits. It affects him. It's not like old Ben where it was like, you know, okay, he's not doing well. Wait till someone gives him a good shot in the face. You know, you get a helmet to helmet in the face with Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, now he's going to play better. You know, that's that's the old Ben. That's not this guy. It's not a 38-year-old Ben Roethlisberger. He can't do that. They have to keep him clean, just like the Browns have to keep Baker Mayfield clean. So it's going to be – which which is great because it's kind of the strength of – both teams with really strong D, like lines. Lines is where it's at, and that is trenches. Uh, so it's going to be fun to see that. That's going to be the real, the real game there is who does better protecting their quarterback and getting after the other one. Now, Matt, we did talk about Nick Chubb already in that uh, Browns running game, but uh, Baker Mayfield and Kareem Hunt – also two kind of pieces in that running attack. Can you talk about what they bring to the game that might be a little bit different than uh, Nick Chubb? Uh, Nick Chubb is kind of like water. And uh, because he's just constant and it's just, it'll wear you down. Hunt's more of an explosive power guy. And the thing is, if, you know, Nick Chubb's there, he'll get you four yards every time. You're going to have a little bit more of the zero carries for for Hunt as he tries to kind of maybe be a little bit more uh, explosive, kind of maybe bounces things outside when he should just maybe take what's there. But he'll also, uh, he'll put his head down and, and just get it. Uh, you know, and just run you over at times. So th- they definitely have those different styles that I mentioned. And, you know, you guys mentioned it. Baker can hurt you with his feet. 
Um, and if he gets out of the pocket, yeah, he's going to look to throw the football, but he, he's actually a little bit, he's not, he's not as fat as he was last year. And I, I say that from a, a place of love because he, he just did not look like a finely tuned athlete last year. This year he does. Um, he, he's lost a little bit of the, uh, the rounder midsection and it shows with his feet. Um, he, he'll pick it up. And he's really willing to go head first. He'll dive for the first downs. Um, maybe sometimes he should slide, but uh, they, they definitely add something. And they'll they'll sometimes show you some option stuff. I know in the past they've kind of, you know, whether it's something to Landry and he's run some option th- stuff. They kind of kept that in the playbook from Freddie Kitchens. Um, so they'll show you some different looks. But that's the kind of the thing with the Browns' offensive personnel. They, they, they have a lot of stuff they can run with the two backs. Um, they like the 13 personnel as well. You know, they'll, they'll bring in three tight ends, and that's where it really – that's where the Stefanski offense really likes to live, uh, where they can throw to Njoku and, you know, the, the young kid Harrison Bryant. Or they can, you know, just pound the football with three tight ends too. They're all willing blockers with Hooper there as well. Uh, not great, but more than willing, and that's sometimes all you need out of a tight end. So, yeah, I, the offense doesn't really change when Kareem Hunt comes in. If anything, I would say the Browns also like to run some wheel routes with Kareem Hunt. They'll take some shots there if they can get it, but if not, they'll uh, kind of put it in their back pocket and then just kind of go to second down. So the offense doesn't really change as much. Uh, it, it's just – Uh, a little bit more of a different attack style, if you will. Jeffrey, early in the show, we talked about uh, some of the returning uh, players from the Steelers that were just resting, but uh, there's two names that were not activated, but uh, have begun practicing and now uh, are designated to return from the injured reserve. And both are expected to actually play for the Steelers. That, That seems to be the rumor out there right now. Those being Matt Filer and Robert Spillane. Uh, how big uh, would it be getting those two guys back in the lineup? Spillane is huge. Spillane is enormous. Uh, he is our best linebacker covering running backs. Uh, we love those dog blitzes where if the running back stays in to block, the the linebacker covering them in man transitions to, to blitzing. He is so quick to do that. He picks that up quickly, but he can also peel off if they fake like they're blocking and run out on the route. He's great at, at adjusting to that and getting out there. That's really his strength on this team is being that guy who man covers running backs and can turn that into a into a fantastic blitz. He is he is by far our best at that and that is really what he brings to the field. Uh if, People will notice we ran a lot of zone. We've run a lot more zone and a lot less man since Spillane went down. With Bush and Spillane out, we don't have man run guy, guys who can cover running backs in man. Spillane brings that back to the uh, to the defense, and that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a great returning asset. Love that he's coming back. He also is a playmaker on run. He hit on running plays. Uh, I've compared him in the past to the linebacker version of Minka Fitzpatrick, where if, if the play is in front of him. He reads it quick and he gets to the ball. It's just that's his big skill. That's that's his best strength, and he's a playmaker when he does. He's got fumbles. He's got interceptions. Like he'll he'll do it. He'll do those kind of plays. So I love Robert Spillane. I love what he's bringing back to this defense. I hope he's a hundred percent and ready to go because that's a game changer for the Steelers defense. Getting him back. Uh, as for Matt Filer, I like getting him back. <laughs> I love your smile. You know where I'm going with this. Uh, but if the Steelers 
So help me if the Steelers put Kevin Dotson on the bench to start Matt Filer, I will I will drive down to Heinz Field and just start yelling out my car window at that stadium. I will I will mm, it, I will go absolutely lose my mind. I will lose my mind if they take Kevin Dotson off the field and put him back in. Matt Filer is a fine player. He was a fantastic tackle for us last year. He switched to guard, covered Aaron Donald. I'm not taking anything away from him. Kevin Dotson is an absolute find at guard. He is a mauler. He was an absolute beast. Even against Cleveland when he was playing next to Hassenhauer, he did great. Hassenhauer was getting driven back into the court pocket all the time. When he's with Marquise Pouncey, Pouncey looks like he's five years younger. Like the two of them together are just phenomenal. So you can't, you can't take Dotson off the field and play Filer. If if they do and they lose, that's I'm gonna everything I write for the next like six months is gonna be tinged with just so much anger over that decision. And it's exactly the Steelers thing they would do is be like, oh, Filer, he's our veteran. He was penciled in week one as our starter. He's back. Let's put him in to start. And oh, we all know him and Villanueva didn't do well. Him and Pouncey weren't doing they, He just wasn't good there. <sighs> they need to play Dotson. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you got that out, Jeffrey. Thank I, I you. think that has been building. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Matt, specifically in this game, uh, the Steelers, well, actually taking a step back, one of the more surprising things in week 17 to me was the Steelers were still able to get four sacks on Baker Mayfield. And, and that even with Joel Batonio still in the lineup. On, honestly, I thought last week was when that Steelers sack, consecutive sack streak was going to die. I, I had no expectations of them getting the quarterback. Both games this year, the Steelers have played the Browns. They've sacked Baker Mayfield four times. What does this offensive line have to do? Or e- even Baker Mayfield himself, wh- what do they have to do as a whole to keep Ma- Baker Mayfield standing upright? Uh, they've got to get creative. Um, you know, and – Look, I think the Browns' offensive line is fantastic when they're healthy, but I mean, you you can't keep people that. Well, let me see this. You can't keep somebody away from a defense like that the whole game it, without being creative. If you're just going to say, "Hey, let's just run it," and then we'll pass when we get in obvious pass situations, you're just setting yourself up to fail. Uh, one thing you didn't see Week 17 that I think you're going to see a lot of is screens. The Browns are a really good screen team, and they didn't run any in week 17. And I thought that was significant because I don't think they wanted to show them any screens. Um, the Browns are really inventive with those. They'll run tight end screens. They'll run running back, whatever it is, they will let you get up field and then go right over your head. So I, I think that's one thing you can do. And plus, I think the other thing you can do is just stay in good down and distance. You want to go back into Kevin Stefanski's time with uh, Minnesota. There were games where the Vikings just got annihilated and just looked awful on offense. And that you can with this offense in this whole, you know, Kubiak, Shanahan offense, whatever you want to call it, the same coaching tree. If you get them knocked out of kilter, it can be really bad. And any one of those coaches have had just some games on there. You're like, good God, you know, and, and the Browns, they're not, they're not exempt from that. But if this offense stays on target and stays in front of the sticks and stays on task, that's when it can really start humming and it can really be dangerous. So what do they need to do? They need to run the football effectively. They need to keep Nick Chubb involved in this. And when they do get in some dangerous down and distances, make that defense kind of question itself with, is this 
uh, is this a, you know, a screen, things like that, and give him that extra half second that he may need to find somebody downfield. It's it's definitely going to be a team effort. There is no magic elixir, and TJ Watt's going to have his sack and do his little dance and all that kind of stuff, and that's cute. And uh, they'll have those, but once he does have that, can you get those yards back and make those downfield strikes? I think that's really going to be the, the difference. If I can jump in here real quick, uh, this is one of the points I wanted to make. This is one of the keys to the game for the Steelers and for the Browns is exactly that. The Steelers need to get them in those longer yardage situations. Uh, this week 17, straight from there, uh, they had four times where the Browns got drive when, on a Browns drive where in second or third down, it was farther than 10 yards. Every single time that happened, the drive ended with that set of downs. Every If it was second and 11, the drive was over in week 17. The previous time we met, they converted two second downs longer than 10 yards. One was a pass from Case Keenum. One was a run for Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, that's it. Baker Mayfield has not gotten a first down on any series against the Steelers this year where it was longer than 10 yards on second or third down to go. That's the Steelers' secret. Their defense is so good in those long yardage situations, and the Browns are not. So that is the secret. Those four, and, and the great thing is there were 10 total drives for the Browns' offense. Two of them were the end of half drives, the end of the game and the end of the first half. Four of them ended with the Steelers getting a play second or third down longer than 10 yards. Every single other drive was a score. So for the Steelers' defense, get those plays. Get it longer than than, than second and 10 or third and 10 uh, and get off the field. And for the Browns, keep it rolling. If they if they can keep from those situations, they can move on this defense. And that's, that's what you got to do. You've got to keep the pressure on Ben. You've got to keep the Steelers' offense needing to execute for four quarters because if we have to score for four quarters, the game, we're not going to win the game. Now that that one drive at the end of the game that ended with the Browns' victory formation, didn't it? Yes, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I just those, don't say that on your podcast. Yeah, those two drives don't count. Like you ended like there's there's eight real drives in that game, and it was four or four. You either get a longer than ten yards thing, or you don't, and they and the Browns are going to score on you. Now, Jeffrey, getting back in in our regular questions, um, we no, it's all it's all good. <laughs> I love that, but uh, we talked about Robert Splain a little bit earlier. Of course, him coming back, the Steelers have three guys on the inside that I, I figure would play a little bit more, especially because Marcus Allen still continues to have his problems with stingers. Uh, I believe he was a full participant in practice today, so it'll still be available. But uh, how do you anticipate the Steelers uh, rotating Avery Williamson, Vince Williams, and Robert Spillane? I think Spillane plays almost every – if he is fully healthy, he plays almost every base package and every nickel snap we have. Marcus Allen works in dime. Uh, all the plays the Steelers love to run in uh, their dime set, it's like a completely different defense. Their dime set is completely different than the rest of their their defense. They run that beautiful uh, cover three. That, that Seriously, the Browns were just dumping it off underneath, and twice they ran it. When the Steelers were clearly going to go into that cover three, the Browns didn't even try to get first downs. They were like, let's just gain some yards and, and try for next time. Uh, that's one of my favorite plays in football is the Steelers cover three defense that I call the, their tent defense. Uh, Steeler fans will know it from watch on screen. If the nickel cornerbacks just starts bailing out super deep, it's that play. And it almost never fails to prevent a first down. 
Uh, that's fantastic. I love that. I love that play, but that's their dime. Uh, Nickel, I expect to see Robert Spillane. I, I expect you'll see Vince Williams more in base packages, and especially when the when the Browns go three tight ends, you'll see more of Vince Williams because of how they do coverage. It's easier for him to just cover a smaller zone in, in, the, in the way they cover those. Uh, and I think you'll see Avery Williamson more in nickel. Now, Matt, in this game, I think we saw a week ago, uh, at times, uh, Miles Garrett would check out of the game. It seemed like he'd be favoring an arm or a shoulder. Uh, also, like we mentioned earlier, um, he's he's talked about uh, how he's had uh, problems breathing since his battle with COVID-19. Is he playing this game 100% healthy, or is, is there still a little bit missing his game? Oh, no, he's not. He's not his normal self. I mean, earlier on this year, he was, and not to upset any T.J. Watt fans, he was the best player, a defensive player in football. I mean, he was, once a game, I mean, it was a strip sack. I think at one point in time he had, like, I think something like four strip sacks or something. Anyway, I don't know the exact numbers offhand. He, he was the best defensive player in football, and he's not that right now. And I, he will tell you that. You know, he, he's just not his normal self. He's getting closer um, but yeah, right now he's, he's not, it's a shame because he really was just an absolute wrecking ball of, I mean, the Browns really don't have, I, like I've said before, the Browns have Denzel Ward, um, and Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson has been really good this year at times. Um, and Olivier Vernon, their linebackers are just not good. Um, and the rest of their secondary is really not good. Harrison's been okay at times. Outside of that, they don't have anybody, and they've been okay on and on defense at times. So that's how good he was. And like I said, he's going to have to be that good come Sunday because he just hasn't been that. And if he's not, look, I, you know, I can't knock the guy. You know, it is, you know, it's a pandemic. You know, I get that. But uh, I'd love it if he is. And if he is, that's a, a big step for the Browns. But if I was a betting man, no, I, I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, week two Miles Garrett. Well, especially if he was able to bounce back, he typically eats Alejandro Villanueva's lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jeffrey, as we're getting to the top here, uh, a couple more questions. But uh, Josh Dobbs, of course, he, he inserted himself in the offense last week. Did you see that uh, that package uh, staying in the offense with him being activated? Or do you think that was more of just a, a smoke screen so that the Browns had to prepare for it? That was a Mason Rudolph thing. <laughs> I think that's purely Mason Rudolph. Uh, get Mason off the field, get some plays, hopefully get some positive yards, you know, make some things happen. Uh, they're not going to take Ben off the field. They're not going to. It's just, they're not, that's not a thing. Yeah, it is funny though. Like uh, when he was asked at his press conference today, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, he loves him him some Josh Dobbs. Anytime he talks about Mason Rudolph, he quickly def- deflects and says, well, I, and Josh Dobbs. Uh, but then yeah. t- today yeah. when he's asked about Josh Dobbs, he's like, oh, I'd love to come off the field for Josh. He's amazing. It, it's the weirdest yep. thing that he actually likes a backup quarterback. I don't know if that's ever happened before. But, yeah, it's um, weird. Since uh, since we're at the the pretty much the end of our show here, Matt, we typically end with three questions. I'll, I'll pose them to Jeffrey first, so you got a second to think of it. But uh, first one off the top, just a really easy one, Jeffrey. Are your X factor for the game? My X factor for the game is Nick Chubb. Oh, oh, period. Okay, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, like really everything. If he is running, if if it's if he's that, I I I've used this before. I think the Browns are on the level of the Steelers' 2004 offense. 
2004, where they just had the offensive line. They had multiple running backs. Chubb reminds me of Jamal Lewis and Jerome Battis. He is that kind of an AFC North running back. Like those are his, those are who you compare him to. This is a guy that can, if the Browns had a defense, he could carry him. He could be like, you know, put this on me. I'll get Baker some easy matchups. I mean, when when we won the Super Bowl in 2005, Ben Roethlisberger was throwing deep passes against eight and nine man boxes. Like that's that's how you any quarterback can succeed at that. Even a guy like Ben Roethlisberger who was talented but had no clue what he was doing when he was super young in 2004 and 2005. He really didn't know how to play quarterback yet in the NFL, but he had success because the run game was just brutal to try and stop. Um, and Mayfield, May, they they can be that team. When Nick Chubb is running and Kareem Hunt, who honestly I think he's a slightly better route running version of James Conner, they can be that team. They can be that style of an offense. Now, Matt, I bought you a little bit more time by questioning Jeffrey there. So uh, who, who's your X factor for this game? Uh, I think kind of an easy answer would be Baker. Because as I said, if, if good Baker shows up, he, he's going to light it up. But uh, how about Rashad Higgins on the outside? Uh, a guy who has really stepped up since Odell Beckham's gone out. He and Baker just have a connection. And, uh, you know, he, he, he really makes big catches. And he's a guy uh, Baker looks for in the red zone. And on third downs, and I'm, I'm telling you, if there is a third down, I'm almost as confident of throwing to Higgins as I am Landry, which is saying something. So uh, if I had to pick an X factor, kind of an off-the-board one there, I'll go with that. Now, quickly, just my X factor, I think it's Ben Roethlisberger. If he plays a turnover-free game, I, <laughs> I can't see the Steelers losing the game. But that's that's the rule when you uh, that quarter. But uh, next question, um, we, we always ask if you could pluck one person off uh, the other team and put them on your team, who would that be? But the caveat for you, Matt, because everyone said TJ Watt, it's got to be one other player than that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to ask Jeffrey first, so uh, you got a second. But Jeffrey, I know I asked you last week, but uh, are, are you still picking the same guy off uh, off the Browns? I believe I picked Nick Chubb then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm still <laughs> picking Nick Chubb. I am an enormous Nick Chubb fan. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and stick with Nick Chubb, although it is tempting with Joe Hayden out to go Denzel Ward. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna stick with Nick Chubb, man. I love him. And I think I think that's almost universal in Steel among the Steelers, is like that is the exact running back Steelers Nation wants. We want Nick Chubb. We want that offensive line. We want Nick Chubb. We want to pound the rock. We want to see teams just be we, we want to run for 192 yards on somebody and just win a game that way but we don't have a nick chubb we don't have that line we don't have that offense yeah that's not, that's not the pittsburgh steelers right now well and he is a guy too that i think most steeler fans could like unite and say i, I don't hate him like yeah he, like, like i, I enjoy watching nick chubb play and, and like it's, it's weird for the rivalry in the history north <laughs> so matt matt who are you who are you stealing off the steelers that's not uh, tj I wouldn't pick TJ Watt anyways because he went to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's ass. So uh, <laughs> I'm not picking that. Uh, my, mine's an easy one, Joe Hayden. Um, Joe Hayden was one of my most loved Browns. Uh, he, he really embraced the city of Cleveland when he was here. Uh, his work with the Special Olympic stuff, I, I will never. It, it killed me that Joe Hayden went to the Steelers, um, but I was happy for him. If I'm ever happy about a Steelers winning a game, it's because Joe Hayden wins. Uh, Joe Hayden's phenomenal. And, uh, man, I I love Joe. So that's an easy one for me, Joe. You know what? With that, too, um, 
like Nick Chubb now, when Joe Hayden was a Cleveland Brown, I, I was, I've always been a Joe Hayden fan. Yeah. I'm sure your remorse, I felt the same joy uh, when Joe Hayden signed with the Steelers. That absolutely blew my mind. He, he is a, a fantastic human. But uh, if, if I had to pluck somebody, I said Miles Garrett last week, oh, that pass rush would just be so nice with, with Garrett and Watt. So uh, I kind of want to stick with that. But uh, the last question of the evening, Jeffrey, score prediction. Who's winning and what's your final score? I think this one turns – I actually think the Steelers' defense makes a difference in this one. Uh, I, 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 I think it's going to get ugly. Um, I'm going 31, 13 Steelers. I I think it's that kind of a game. Ben Roethlisberger always has that love of destroying Cleveland going on. It's, it's just a thing he does. And to see Baker Mayfield and him face off, I think Ben's going to come out and have just a phenomenal game. Uh, and I I think, I think we're going to light it up and it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. Interesting. Uh, I suppose it could definitely happen uh, if uh, if it's one of those Baker Mayfield turner turnover games and without Joel Batonio and Kevin Stefanski, I, I think that is a possibility. But uh, Matt, what's uh, what's your final score? Who's uh, who's winning this one? I think you're right. Thirty-one points sounds right, but the problem is the Browns can score thirty-four, and uh, <laughs> we get that thirty-four because Porky's going to miss a PAT to give me a heart attack. Um, but no, I, I just uh, the the hell I'm coming on here and picking the Browns to lose. Uh, yeah. Browns are going to win, and uh, I, I do think I, I think the Browns, just because it's it's one of these years of who knows, and uh, you know, and, with, and like I said, anytime you got Baker, you got a shot, you know, one way or the other. Uh, you can say it on both sides. So I'm going to say the Browns actually figure out some things offensively, get it going, and yeah, 34-31 Cleveland Browns. The right. reason why I, I've been picking against the Steelers in recent weeks, uh, just based on how poorly they've been playing. But in this moment right now, they're virtually 100% healthy with Robert Splane coming back. I, I think that is a massive difference and, and why I think they will end up advancing. I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be 31 points, but I, I, could, I can see it being like a significant edge for the Steelers, like 24-13 in Pittsburgh's favor. Uh, as we go out here, Matt, is there anything uh, you want to plug uh, for the people? No, dogs by nature. Uh, the guys uh, on the site do a phenomenal job. They're a lot smarter than I am. Uh, you know, I just kind of handle the social media stuff. So hey, check them out. They're really good people. And uh, man, if you if Browns fans are, are unique people, and I've always had res- as much as I hate the Steelers, I've always had respect for the Rooney family for voting against Art Modell's move. And uh, I think we can all admit that the Ravens eat ass. I don't know if you're about to get out on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's playoff football is awesome. Cleveland deserves it. Dogs by nature. The guys, Chris and the company do phenomenal work there. So check them out. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys letting me come on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Jeffrey, I, I know, I know you talked about your film room, so, uh, spill the beans on that one. Before, before I do that, I just want to say to, uh, our guest here and all of any Browns fans, welcome back. <laughs> it, it's been a long time and I hope this stays there is nothing I loved. I grew up in Ohio. I moved from Michigan to Ohio and the Steelers and the University of Michigan were my teams. And so, the you know, uh, I loved when the Brown-Steelers rivalry was just pure hatred. Uh, mm-hmm. They came back, their first game back, the Steelers blew them out. My, my roommate in Canton, Ohio, was a Steelers fan. He put the Post-Gazette's uh, front page on our door and our door got kicked in by three members of the football team uh, <laughs> that night. So, so I love that rivalry so much better than the Ravens. 
you know, forget yeah. the Ravens. They can go away. Uh, I'm glad the Browns are back. I, I want that. I want that anger. I want that when the Steelers lose to the Browns, I want it to be like seething hatred. Like they're getting the better of us. Not, oh, this was a horrible, disappointing loss. Anyways, uh, to plug, my film room is coming out on uh, Thursday. It's all about Alex Highsmith. It covers the Steelers putting linebackers on uh, wide receivers. And also, uh, it's all about Alex Highsmith coming to his own in that game. He was a wrecking ball. He played an amazing game. Check it out. It's worth reading just to give the give the young man some respect. He played a phenomenal game and looks like the future of the Steelers outside pass rush is going to be strong, even with Bud Dupree likely leaving. All right, that's, uh, that will do it for our show this evening. Make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and uh, checking out our entire family of podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, for Matt Wood from Dogs by Nature and Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, hopefully the Steelers get to do this again next week. I'm sure Matt feels differently, but uh, <laughs> we'll be back here next week no matter what. So uh, we'll see you then. Uh, have a great night.